Hey everyone, it's Madison coming to you live from my recovery room at the hospital. <laughs> I wanted to update you all on some amazing things coming your way. This is our first episode of Pokenomics, a new mini-series on economics and Pokemon. We will be bringing you more mini-series this year, including one on invasive species starting next month. Our goal since December has been to diversify our content and bring in more non-Pokemon-related content while increasing the rigor we apply to our content. And this can take time, though, so we appreciate the patience. Next week will be our next Poke College episode, and it's one of the most ambitious ambitious things we have ever done on this show. I cannot wait to share it with all of you. I am so excited. Additionally, next week we're going to be officially announcing our new Discord server that Brittany and Chelsea have been working on. In the next two weeks, we'll be officially announcing our new subreddit that I've been working on. And we'll have updates on Patreon next month, as well as new high-quality content specifically for Patreon supporters. And this will include things like actual stickers, and audio from episodes that was cut, and much more, actually. We're kind of excited. We have had a lot in the works since December, but it takes time, especially since we try to run this show in a very democratic approach. You know, we discuss things, we talk about it together, and we make decisions as a team. We have another new cast member to introduce you to next month, and a few more Who's That Podcast host episodes for you all to meet everyone. I'm still looking to fill one more spot in our cast, and we'll be actively looking for someone with the physics credentials for the other topics we'd like to explore. I cannot wait to show you everything. Thank you for all of you who stayed for this journey and are giving this transition year a chance. I know in the end, you will see how amazing everyone here is and come to love them the way I have. I love you all, and just know, the best is yet to come. Thank you guys for giving us this chance. This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast. Studying the intersection of video games and science. Let's begin by closing our eyes and imagining a stadium filled with people, cars or other vehicles outside in the giant parking lots, audience members either strolling in or already having found their seats, having their snacks and their their children or their friends next to them, getting ready for the big match of the day. If you look down on the field itself, you'll see the players of the game getting ready to start, to begin their match, to find out who is better, who will be victorious today. You look down, seeing the referee preparing, you see the two teams on each side going over last-minute strategies. The game is about to begin, and you see a couple of players, the captains, the leaders of the team, walking up to each other, shaking hands, stepping back, and then throwing the Pokeball. Because that's right, we are not in the middle of a sports match. We are in the middle of a Pokemon battle. We're in Galar, and the match is about to begin. Hello everyone, welcome to Pokenomics. I am your host for this short series, Anaru himself. We're going to be going over in the next few episodes of this series about various different economic topics and the ideas behind them and how they relate to the Pokemon universe. And we are starting off with a topic that I, as an avid sports fan, find fascinating, and that is stadiums. What exactly are stadiums really? I mean, you think about them, they are the giant places where thousands and thousands of people go to watch the latest football, basketball, soccer match. But stadiums themselves are fascinating items because they're not like any other building. They're not purely paid for by an individual or by a corporation. They tend to have government work with them to try to develop a stadium that 
theoretically helps the economy of that city or that locale out. So let's talk more about that. Let's focus on stadiums in the real world. So stadiums typically are based in cities. Unsurprisingly, cities tend to pay for stadiums through various different methods, especially tax-exempt bonds from state and local governments. Now, you'll see these bonds with all sorts of public goods, airports, hospitals, roads, schools, and other sort of items like that. But when you think about stadiums, you don't think about these public goods. You don't think about airports and roads and schools. When you think about stadiums, stadiums are private stuff, right? You think about stadiums, you think about going to the game and paying money to the giant leagues like the NBA and the NFL. In fact, there was a rule in place, the Tax Reform Act of 1986, such a fun name, aimed to end that exemption for stadiums, but instead actually ended up creating the loophole that allows stadiums to be built. So stadiums in general, are mostly publicly paid for via tax dollars. That law, the Tax Reform Act of 1986, instead created the restrictions or the rules in place to allow stadiums to exist as publicly funded items, despite being privately owned for the most part. For a stadium to be paid for using these tax-exempt bonds, a stadium has to basically check off a couple of items on a checklist. A private entity can't use more than 10% of the money itself, and no more than 10% of the bond's debt can be backed by the stadium. So in other words, you can't pay for the debt using the funds of the stadium. You've got to get it from external sources. This turns out to basically mean if a city is able to and willing to finance 90 or more percent of the total cost, a stadium can be paid for with these bonds, meaning that your tax dollars are going towards that local stadium, whether it's you're in Philadelphia supporting the Philadelphia Eagles or uh, an NBA fan like in Milwaukee supporting the Milwaukee Bucks, your tax dollars either go towards improving the stadium or building a new one in the first place. Now, this seems fun. This seems like you're adding that, that combination of the fan and the, and the team and the city itself all in this way to try to improve the, the game, but it's sort of twisted itself a little bit. Now it can become a pressure game. Are you willing to fight in exchange for the team potentially leaving? If you're an NFL fan, you can think of recent examples in the last decade alone. The Chargers, the Rams, the Raiders have all moved from their original cities, from San Diego and St. Louis and Oakland, to other locations, to Los Angeles, to Las Vegas. Because from the team's perspective, those are areas that will get more eyes on them, more revenue for them. Which... Kind of makes sense. I mean, if you think about it, they're going from cities of small populations to cities of large populations, but it, it sort of goes against that idea of the city and the team and the people working together to try to build the stadium from the ground up and build the team from the ground up. Now, there are laws coming in place to potentially change things, but none of them have taken real traction yet. Why are we talking about this, though? Well, as we transition over to the Pokemon world, let's talk about stadiums in Pokemon. Now, we could be talking about TCG stadiums, if you're thinking about that, but for simplicity's sake, let's just focus on the stadiums and the main series games. In fact, all of them, or the vast majority of them, we're not going to count the, the ones appearing in uh, Unova or uh, Johto, for example, the ones that we want to focus on are the ones in Galar. In fact, there are eight stadiums in Galar. There's the ones that each of the gyms are located, and of course, that final championship. There's Bologna. Sir Chester, Hammerlock, Hullbury, Motostoke, Stowenside, Turfield, Winden, and if you want to count it, though it's not actually a stadium, it's more of a uh, the equivalent of a high school basketball court, I guess, in Spike Muth, in the fact that they don't have an official stadium with the, the seats and everybody cheering them on and everything like that. 
all of these stadiums are built in similar ways and are structured in similar ways. They are huge events. When a gym battle occurs, I always found this surprising when playing through the Galar games. Despite being a, basically a nobody in your first couple of gyms, you walk on in and it turns out everybody in the world seems to be interested in this particular battle because the stadiums are always jam-packed with people. So either A, thousands of people are appearing out of nowhere just, you know, solely for the existence of showing up for these gym battles, which to a, a game mechanic sense sort of makes sense, or these are really huge events and thousands of people are able to either physically or virtually show up and watch these gym battles or especially that championship match. Now each of these specific stadiums and gyms are mandatory stops on your way to becoming a champion part of that final tournament, which in and of itself is an exclusive club. I mean, if you really think about it, if you were to actually do the math, how many people in the Pokemon universe have been or are currently champions? There aren't too many. Confirmed champions, at least. You know, you got one per region, and maybe every other region you get an extra person. You know, your Reds and Cantos, your uh, Stevens in uh, Hoenn to, to replace Wallace, etc., etc. I mean, think about in Galar itself. Unlike in other regions where you can kind of just start on a whim, in Galar, in order to even participate in the gym challenge, you'll need to have a sponsor. Right, Leon actually goes and sponsors you. Theoretically speaking, if you were to expand the, the universe out to try to find other people that have gone through, you'll see other companies and famous people that are sponsoring other trainers on their way to even participate, let alone have a chance to win in this giant tournament. Now let's talk about stadiums, translating them from the Pokemon world into the real world. Now, we've talked a little bit about how these stadiums in real life are formed, whether it's a combination of team funds and government funds, mostly government funds, combining together to build a stadium that has the ability to support a team. To translate the Pokemon version to that requires a couple of different avenues of thought. There's a few different ways that these could be done depending on how close to reality we want to get here. So let's go down the list from really realistic to not realistic at all. Really realistic, if we try to copy and paste the real life universe and place that in the Pokemon League, Let's talk about this. So, scenario time, everyone. Close your eyes and picture this. Option number one is the extremely realistic option. This implies that the government from Galar is separate from the sports league that is the Pokemon League. The sports league, similar to all of those major leagues out there, you know, Major League Baseball or MLS, you know, for soccer, something like that. And that the league uses similar bond-like measures to create a stadium and play their games there. So if there's similar sort of tax-exempt bonds in the same structure, you're going to see multi-billion poke loans, I guess, or bonds that are developed to pay for the construction of a stadium and the giant parking lot that may or may not exist, the seats to be filled, the physical or virtual fans. If it's virtual fans, then how they, you know, zoom themselves there. If it's physical fans, how they get themselves there and everything like that. Um, and the league uses these bonds to create a stadium in each of their separate cities. This also implies that if a stadium wears down and it becomes difficult to play in, the government and the league would both contribute in a similar 90-10-ish split, whether they keep that same split in this universe or they change it up, both work together to create or refurbish a stadium. Or, if it's like the real world, there's a chance that these, theme, these different teams could threaten to move. It would be surprising, but if we're being completely realistic here, Suppose the turf field government is insisting on not paying as much for refurbishing as the team wants to, then turf field, the stadium folks, could pick themselves up and move 
potentially to a bigger city. Maybe Hammerlock is so big that they need two stadiums on two separate sides. And so as a result, they pick themselves up and move there. And now we've got two Hammerlock stadiums. So that's one option. That's the really realistic option that, to me at least, doesn't make as much sense. Because there aren't, at least as far as we've seen, different teams that inhabit each of these stadiums, right? In the real world, you've got actual teams that are based in each of these stadiums, and so you can consider them the home team and the team that sort of directly relates to the stadium itself. In the Pokemon universe, and especially in Galar, we don't see too many sports teams. Behind the scenes, maybe there are. I personally, when going through and researching on this, didn't find too much information about actual sports leagues that are occurring. Like, if Pokemon battles aren't happening, are they using that stadium for the, the, the local baseball game or the local baseball league or the teams for soccer or football or basketball? Um, so, probably not the option that would fit if we want to find the right option. Option number two, we go back into our scenario zone, is the not-as-real-life-like. The government has full ownership of these stadiums and uses taxpayer dollars to pay for construction and refurbishing, because that's what the government needs to use to build everything and do everything they have to use taxpayer dollars. Since, as far as we're able to see in the games, uh, the stadiums are designed for the gym challenge itself, to me, it feels really difficult to move them or threaten moves, so government ownership could be one way to make sure the gyms stay where they are. In this regard, as long as the government is willing to continue the gym challenge, which if we were to go even more into detail about the structure of the economy in each of these universes and how tax dollars show up, probably could be funding it. Presumably, whatever structure or lifestyle that's going on in each of these regions, it's good enough to pay for all the things that need to be paid for, the poke centers and other items like that. So government ownership could be one way to make sure gyms stay where they are. They're in the same locations every time, or they move if the government or the Pokemon League, or whoever is in charge here, deems it necessary to move them. A perfect example of this can actually be found in the games in a previous game. If you go way, way back to, because it's been a long time, the Heart Gold, Soul Silver, or the regular Gold, Silver, Crystal games, if you go to Johto, and specifically the post-game, the Kanto stuff, you know that because of a volcano erupting, Cinnabar Island is basically non-existent. Right? So as a result, the gym, though not as nearly detailed and gym challenge as the gyms are in future games, the gym did have to effectively move to a different location. Blaine himself kind of just hides himself in a mountain to prepare for any gym challenges that may come in. Similar sort of style, though probably not volcano-related, though, you know, who knows in future games. Government ownership, Pokemon League ownership uh, could shift it over. Option number three is not lifelike at all, but sort of builds on that option number two. So we picture this, the league having ownership of each of the stadiums, but because they're so in tune with the cities that they're a part of, they never move, just straight up. You're not going to see the people of Stoanside willing to give up their gym because it's so intricately involved with the city itself. And each of these gyms are. A lot of the gyms if you were to watch it from an outsider's perspective, a person that has nothing to do with the gym challenge, let's say you just randomly move in from Galar and have to predict, okay, what gym is in what area? What type is it? If you walk into the city, there's a decent chance you'll get at least half of them just by looking and saying, oh, we're at the port. Everything around here is considered water-related, either the ports, the boats, the seafood, whatever you want to talk about. I'm going to guess that this gym is a water-type gym. And you walk on in, and sure enough, it's a water-type a water type gym. Or you go into uh, other gyms like Turf Field, for example, and think that it's absolutely going to be a grass-type. Same sort of idea in mind. 
As a result of this, actually, stadiums at that point are funded primarily through revenues from the stadiums itself. So sponsors, fans, TV deals, all that other real sports stuff that actually goes into making money for teams. So all of those jerseys that you're buying for your favorite sports teams that go directly back into the league. Similar sort of idea here, where all the stadiums are seemingly funded by the same sort of item. So that convenience store that's nearby that sells those apparels. You get your favorite bee bobblehead or whatever equivalent merchandise that's available. The league does that, and the governments in this universe just don't play a role. It's a purely private institution and go through from there. So let's go back to that actual scenario that we talked about. So we zoom into a stadium full of action preparing to start. Players on both sides getting ready to begin. We're about to get into this match. Now the stadium that you're in right now instead of just being a location where you sit down and watch the match, is a location that you directly help pay for through your tax dollars if we're operating in a purely governmental system or through the merchandise and your support. By buying a ticket, you are in this stadium and helping the team in the stadium, whatever that location is, stay there longer. That's how stadiums are designed to work. That's one small part of Poconomics. Thank you. Until next time, take care.